Hey, Kat. Hey, Tanya. How's it going? It's going great. Yep. I went and played golf today very poorly. I lost three golf balls and I got sweaty because it's November in Tennessee and it was 72 degrees. That is crazy. We are uh, we are looking at like, I don't know, 36, 7, 8, and <laughs> disgusting rain and it's cold and yeah. And it's yeah. dark. Uh, you know, we live in the tundra. Oh, did you see the eclipse last night? Yeah. It was yeah. Or I guess it was the wee hours of the morning this morning. It, it was yeah. the talk. Yeah, it was crazy. I woke up at four and ran and looked out um, the window and I could see the partial eclipse happening. And I accidentally woke my husband up. So he goes, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm looking at the eclipse. Well, then I immediately passed back out. And about 50 minutes later, I woke up and I was like, I was like, he's not here. Where is he? And I went, ran to look out the window and he's sitting outside looking at the eclipse and it's this giant red eclipse. It was so cool. But I looked and went, there he is. I went back to bed. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Okay. So what are we up to today? We are talking with some of our friends, some of our listeners. Uh, we're talking, uh, you and I are going to each review five books because we are book nerds. And I've got Sharon and Linda joining us from Tennessee. And who do you have joining? I have Tammy, Mary, and Carissa, who mm -hmm. are uh, combination teachers and students at the studio. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've been, you know, talking you up. So they got to finally meet you. And now they get to join us doing this. So mm. it's good. Yeah. I'm super excited because book nerds, I don't even think book nerds describes it, but mm. I am, oh. I am such a book junkie. And I think my husband, you know, thinks it's as crazy as my rock habit, my book habit. <laughs> I know. I know. My, I don't even show my husband how many books are in my Amazon cart anymore. I just don't, he, he doesn't need to know everything that's going on around here. Yeah. But. And all of a sudden, Amazon is maybe doing some of their billing differently. So this weekend with the combination of preparing for the wedding, the books and, you know, some of the things I'm doing at the studio for, you know, the Black Friday sale, my husband comes in the house and he's like, uh, did someone like Kuiper our Amazon account? Because there was like 27 Amazon charges. And I'm like, um, I'm really sorry about that. You're like, you just mind your business. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, all right, let's get started. I, my first book that I chose is mm -hmm. called Animal Speak mm -hmm. and Animal Speak is by Ted Andrews. And this book was introduced to me by one of my friends and um, teachers at this studio and the massage therapist that's at our studio, Amy. And this book is fantastic. If you are a fan of, you know, the theory of animal spirits or animal guides, or you feel like no matter where you go, you're always seeing the same animal, the same bird, you know, whatever it is, like this book is just great for the symbolism of what those animals mean. I have put my nose in this book more times than I can describe. And it has been from, from myself. It has been from someone in my family. It has been from students. It has been from people in the Reiki room who have been like, oh, all of a sudden I've been seeing, you know, Orioles everywhere I go. Right, Tammy? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, or, you know, whatever it is, cardinals and, or hummingbirds or fox 
you know, whatever. So it's been classic because I've been like snapping pictures of what it says in the book and texting it to people. I'm like, this is your animal. (laughs) (laughs) But the, the book itself is super great. The detail that it goes into the images that are in it because the illustrations are fantastic and beautiful. So it's just really lovely. Well, that, that is one I need to probably put in my shopping cart on Amazon. Yeah. I love it. It's it's one of my big go-tos right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the first book I chose is Super Attractor by Gabrielle Bernstein. And I not only have the hardback copy, but I also have the Audible book. And I've listened to the Audible book I'll, I'll admit twice. One time I listened to it at regular speed. Then I wanted to just refresh it because it's only a five hour listen. And I put it on like 1.4 times a season. So she was talking just like this. And <laughs> <laughs> but I got a quick refresh. But it's um, I was initially drawn to it because she says a lot of the things that I say all the time in my classes and in my writing, things that I've blabbed about for years. And the book is kind of geared around helping you attract what you want in your life. And it shows you how to attract more of what you want in your life and to kind of relax and trust in your desires. And that's one of the things that I really liked about that book. Um, It helps you to recognize just the small miracles and joys in your everyday life. One thing that she does, she has a choose again method early on in the book um, and when you're starting to choose your goals and the things you want to attract. So she wants you to connect with the universe, connect the universe and the energy and the spirituality around yourself. And so she wants you to notice a thought, then forgive the thought, then choose another thought. And I just loved that. I loved it a whole lot. Um, She's teaching you um, to realize you have an option to decide to start feeling any way that you're feeling. You can choose to feel bad. You can notice that um, you can notice and forgive um, thoughts that come through. You can choose more positive thoughts that float through. Um, So a lot of times, you know, we get stuck in negative reels. And I like the way she gives you kind of permission to do that. Um, This is a book that you just need to dive into. It's got all the touchy-feely things that I love. You know, I'm all about that touchy-feely stuff. Um, But it does have practical ways to kind of help you retrain the thoughts so that they can help you instead of hinder you in trying to achieve your goals. Cool. I love it. The second book that I have is The Crystal Muse. And The Crystal Muse is by Heather Askinosi and Timmy Jandros. And the cool part about this book is they're also both the two people who created the website Energy Muse, where you can and where I purchase a lot of crystals. And it's also where I pull most of my crystal information from. So if you see me quote something on any of my Facebooks, it's generally coming from Energy Muse, who are these people, right? They're the ones who created this book. Um, But what I love about this book is not only are the pictures like absolutely fantastic, but also the fact that this book has such real to life 
recipes. So it's really cool because people who are dabbling in crystals are like, well, that's great. But now what do I do with them? Like I I have all these rocks. They make me smile. They're pretty. I put them in my pockets because somebody told me to, or I stick them in my bra because somebody told me to. But really, what do I do with them? How do I take care of them? And this book does have a really great intro on rock care, but it also has just these recipes. And in these recipes, it doesn't matter what it is, but you can go into... I don't care. This one is releasing pain and balancing emotions. And it literally looks like a recipe. So it says what you need. You'll need one eye pillow. You'll need one apophyllite apophyllite crystal. You'll need one fluorite crystal. You'll need one sage stick, one feather. So it literally gives you a recipe. And then it tells you how to do like a meditation or um, mantra work or like a mini rock ceremony with the crystals so that you can actually start to manifest, in this case, releasing pain or whatever it is that you choose the recipe. And there's like a ton of recipes in here whether it is fertility for getting pregnant, whether it is, you know, getting over the flu or whatever. Like I I say that because there's like the picture of all the rocks on the belly, like, Mm -hmm. right. So I mean, it literally is like a medicine book and it's so cool because it's so simple. Like, Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. It's one of those, again, Sharon says it's one of those woo-woo things. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And here's the thing is, what's the worst thing if you try it and something wonderful comes of it, Mm -hmm. right? So yeah, it's really cool. I love this book specifically because of the recipes, but the picture is phenomenal. It's just easy to use. Like you don't have to be like a rock scientist to know how to use this book. Well, and if you get the book, then it kind of justifies the rock obsessions that we sometimes have. <laughs> yeah, then it makes it okay because, because I'm using them. So I'm like, sense. see, it's medicinal. <laughs> <laughs> right on. I love well, it. I, as soon as you told me you were using that book, I did put it in my Amazon cart too. <laughs> I've got, I need to have an intervention about <laughs> So anyway, the second book I chose is called Radiant Rest. And you can tell I've got all kinds of little tabs all over it. Um, During the COVID, uh, and this one's by Tracy Stanley, um, and it's about yoga nidra. Mm -hmm. And uh, during the COVID lockdowns, I took a yoga nidra certification course. And just like I do, anytime I do anything, I go overboard. And so I started immediately shopping for every yoga nidra book that I could find. And I... Just, I have to admit, (laughs) I picked this one because I thought the cover was pretty. (laughs) That's how you pick a lot of books. That's how I pick a lot of books. The cover was pretty. And when I got it, I was even more excited because it has kind of a soft matte finish. So that said, I'm glad that the content was was as pretty as the cover. But um, the author has been a teacher of Yoga Nidra for over 20 years, and she strongly believes in the power of rest in our lives lives and yoga nidra is sleep yoga. She goes into, in the book, she goes into what yoga nidra is and welcoming welcoming that type of relaxation into your life. She has a whole section on nidra practices that, and that makes up the majority of the book. So if you're a teacher and you're like, well, I want to try some of this yoga nidra, um, I do recommend doing some kind of a certification course or some kind of a learning course because of where people can get to with yoga nidra. 
but this book has tons of scripts for Yoga Nidra um, in it. And so it kind of makes it, um, makes it, it's kind of like a little help book. Um, one of the practices that I really love that she has in this book, I thought I'd share with you guys. Um, and I'm trying to figure out how to incorporate it into one of my classes. It would have to probably be in a yin class, or maybe I'd beg Sharon to let me come uh, team teach her yin class and do this at the end of it. But I would have to buy little mirrors for everyone. But what she suggests is... Um, it's called a wake up ritual mirror glazing, gazing. And it's really simple. And you take a mirror and you put it beside your bed um, and you can't use the mirror on your phone because it's different. And then you mentally tell yourself to wake up 15 minutes before the time you need to get out of bed. And you can kind of set a backup alarm if you need a backup. But as soon as you feel yourself waking up, you're supposed to remember that you're in that transition state between sleeping and waking and just kind of enjoy that moment for a second. And and then you acknowledge that you are in that in-between state and you grab the mirror. And so you're still laying in bed. You grab the mirror that you have sitting on your bed and you look at yourself and you gaze into your own eyes and you don't look away. Um, you don't notice the sheet crease in your face or the mascara that you didn't wipe off. You just look into your eyes and you notice what thoughts come to your mind about the reflection in front of you. And you ask yourself, what do you see in your eyes? Then you ask, who are you? And these sound like simple, easy questions, but in that little twilight state, you can get some pretty incredible answers. Um, and after you spend a few minutes with each of the questions, you repeat out loud to yourself while you're still gazing at your own eyes, I am worthy of the beauty of life. And you repeat that to yourself three times, still looking at yourself in the mirror. Then you get up and you journal for just three minutes and see what comes out. And I just thought that was lovely. Cool. I dig it. I am. Um, I actually own the book. I know that one of my instructors, Amber, owns the book when we did, uh, when she did her cultivating rest retreat. That was one of the books she used a lot. So mm -hmm. it's a super good book. Yeah. My third book is a new book that I've purchased somewhere in the last six weeks. I know I was talking about this with Mary, but this is The Chakras in Grief and Trauma. I love this picture. Like, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's the picture, but it's been shattered, right? And this is, this is classic, oh, beautiful, right? The book is by Carla Helbert, um, and the illustrations by Rachel Rosencoder. But this book is really much more comprehensive than I thought when I originally got it. I was like, Oh, cool. This is a cool book. Like, I love studying grief and trauma. We've talked about this many times before, like grief is one of my, um, one of my specialities. But with this book, I was like, whoa, like this is this is stuff. And there is good stuff in this book. So again, like you, you can see that I've tabbed this. <laughs> I have been in this book a lot. But the the beauty of this book is that it's not just um, like a look. At, well, I don't even know how to describe it. It's not just a look at, at how your chakras are affected by grief and trauma, but she goes through every chakra and she talks about how it's affected by grief, how it might manifest, what you can do to heal it, things to consider. And then at the end of every chakra, it has mudras, mantras, oils, crystals, asanas, and meditations. 
Like oh. it's got all the things. And and it's not just a list. It's like pages for each of them. So it goes through the crystal and it doesn't just say, oh, rose quartz and fluorite. Like it literally tells you what about rose quartz is going to help or what about fluorite is going to help or what about frankincense is going to help or what about tea tree is going to help. So it's very informative. This book, I read it once. I'm pretty sure I will read it three more times, but this is definitely being added into my teacher training education for the chakras, which I'm about, this is the week we will start embarking through Mm -hmm. the chakras. And this is definitely moving into the fold Mm because this book is two thumbs up. Wow. I have to, I have to put the book down, but it's two thumbs (laughs) up. Now who was the author again, Tanya? This is Carla Helbert. And this book is, I, yeah, over the top, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is awesome. Well, yeah, I guess everyone should know that all of Tanya's books are going in my Amazon cart. I don't have to say it after every single one. <laughs> um, my next book is called Mothers, Daughters, and Body Image, and it is by Hillary McBride. And I bought this book because I write about and I talk about body image all the time. It's part of my story. It's part of my breast cancer story. It's part of all of my story. But I had never seen a book written about the link between mothers and daughters and body image and how we kind of we constantly, even when we're not meaning to, we put our own insecurities on our daughters. Um, But I do believe that much of our body image issues come from media from social media, from magazines, but a lot of it is learned from our mothers and our grandmothers and um, not just the women in our family, but the men in our family as well. Um, And it's not a book about slinging mud at our mothers. I have the most wonderful mother in the world, but she also had a mother that that taught her to not not love her body. Um, The book is a series of vignettes about mothers and daughters and body image. And it's really lovely. It's one I was telling Tanya before we started recording that I have started rereading it in the mornings and I have been journaling more based on this book and it's been very enlightening and it helps you to kind of look at your truth and where your truth comes from because of the stories that you're reading. So I I think it's it's not a very light giggly read by any means, but it's not a hard read either, but I think it's a wonderful book and it gets people thinking about where their body image issues come from. Yeah, it's a, it's a thing, right? <laughs> and and how deeply seated too, right? And we've yeah. talked body image before. I'm, I'm sure that we could probably do another, you know, we could probably do an episode on body image every six months and probably not cover it all. Right. Um, okay, so my book number four is The Body Keeps the Score. Mm-hmm. And this book is by Bessel van der Kolk. And MD. And this book is again like up the alley of trauma and grief, but this book is uh, much more scientific and again, just great. Like any of you who have read this, and I know some of the people that um, maybe are in my 300 hour have already read this because we've discussed, you know, 
the greatness of this book. But if you haven't read this book and you have dealt with any sort of trauma or grief in your life, this book is fantastic because it sort of gives us those explanations for why our reactivity becomes the way our reactivity is. It also gives us some tools as to how we can try and rewire that. And that's one of the things that we talk about in the 300-hour program that I teach with um, the Buddha's brain, which I know we've talked about that as a book Mm -hmm. on the podcast and that sort of rewiring that network of information, those stories we tell ourselves. And we talk about this all the time. Like we tell ourselves over and over again, sometimes that talk that's happening inside our head isn't lovely. And, you know, what this book is really uh, getting behind is that that biography that's happening in our brain becomes our biology if we're not careful, like it begins to settle into our cells. And so the nice part about this book is the information that's provided in realizing that sometimes you know, we have to go back and do some of that inner child work. We have to go back and we have to change that story for ourselves. And we have to sit in those spaces and, you know, do some of the nitty gritty work. But we do. It's where we're going to see our healing. It's where we're going to see our growth. It's where we're going to see change in our life and where we're going to start to see our life begin to manifest because we're able to let go of those, you know, we'll say, legitimate scars in the body. Yeah. It's a great book. Wow. Sounds like, um, my fourth book is by Gabrielle Harris called the inspired yoga teacher. Gabrielle Harris wrote a book that I've talked about on podcasts a lot called the language of yen. And I love that book. Um, that book is more about yen. It also delves into a lot of the different um, philosophies of yoga as well. So that's a great book too. Um, this book um, is more about creating classes that your students will love. And so it's not just about structuring a class. It's really about going deeper into the study of yoga and it's putting it in easy to understand terms that are more accessible for people. So it definitely does not talk over anyone's head. She writes down um, these details and makes them usable for an instructor to put into their uh, class um, pretty easily and flawlessly. Um, She talks about teaching and self-care. She talks about theming classes and planning a class, all the things that can help you dig deep and find the authentic teacher within yourself. Um, And it's really easy to be inspired by your teachers, but having a book helps you find out who you are as a teacher. And this one does ask a lot of those questions to help you decide who you are as a teacher. So I think even people that don't teach yoga would still thoroughly enjoy it because it has all kinds of sections on different aspects of yoga. And it has even Savasana poetry at the end. And there's flows for classes. There's flows for at-home practices. So it's a, it's a easy, fast book to read through. I mean, it's really, I don't know if you guys could see, it's a real, it's a fairly thick book and it's pretty big, but you can buzz through it in a couple of days pretty easily. Yeah, it's a great book. I have that one too. And I have you know, tabbed and highlighted. I'm like, ooh, this would be a great theme or ooh, this would be a great reading for, you know, within a um, a class or practice. I love it. 
Okay. Well, number five book for me is of course going, I had to have one sacred text. So I pulled up the Bhavagad Gita, which is by uh, Stephen Mitchell. This is the uh, version of the Bhavagad Gita that I have added to my 300 hour. So Kat, when I was teaching your 300 hour, I had not yet used this. Mm-hmm. But now my 300 hour students are getting a piece of this and you might be able to see the, some of their nods on their faces that this is a great book. Mm-hmm. This is by far my favorite translation. And if you were to look at my shelf, you would see, I think I have five or six <laughs> translations of the Bhagavad Gita, mm-hmm. but this one is maybe the most easily digested when it comes to the sacred texts. Plus, it's, I feel like, the most accessible in terms of the language and the descriptors. The first few, I would say, 50 pages of the intro, like just mind-blowing, like, right, fantastically written. And just the fact that you can, I don't care what page you jump into, you're going to be able to read it by stanzas. And you'll notice that I have like underlined stanzas all over and notes in the in the sides because there is so much of this that you're like, oh yeah, that, oh yeah, that. And then again, if you were to take and do a series, maybe a four class or an eight class series all on the Bhavagad Gita, you've got so much material that you could pull from this book that you could use as, you know, quotes or themes for that specific class. There's just so much. And this, this uh, translation is just so accessible. Mm-hmm. Just wow. great. Wow. So definitely check that one out, guys, for sure. You know that we could not get through a book review list without me doing something on writing. So this is one, I've got a lot of writing books. This is just the newest one that I had not read. It's called The Listening Path, The Creative Art of Attention by Julia Cameron. And when I bought it, I thought it was really all about writing, but it really is about what it says, um, the art of attention. Um, One of my very first books on writing was uh, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And I love that book. That book helped me create a writing practice. And I mean, and that book helped me to write my book. Um, But this book, The Listening Path, builds on the concepts of her first book, and it goes back over a lot of the things from that book. So you don't have to read The Artist's Way to move on to this one. Um, I've read through the book. I have not followed it yet. It's set up on a six-week plan, and I am planning to do that in a six-week increment during the winter months. So anyone that wants to go on that journey with me, let me know. Um, But it is broken down into six weeks of lessons, and it's about listening. And we all need to be better listeners. There are, she has different sections in here. Like she has a try this section that talks about putting on a comfortable pair of shoes and going out on a walk. And she gives you things to um, notice and things to think about on your walk. And then when you come back, you journal about what you noticed on your walk. Um, She had another one to choose a topic on which you need guidance and pose your question and then listen for a response. Don't discount what you hear as just your imagination. After all, your imagination is a wonderful thing. And, you know, posing a question to the universe and then setting back and seriously just 
being still and being quiet and listening, you do get answers and they may not be the answers we want. Sometimes we're going, oh, heck no, I didn't hear that. But sometimes, you know, you get an- you get answers just by listening. So I thought that this would be a great um, winter journey for myself. And it's already had me reconnect with doing my morning pages. And morning pages, by the way, for anyone that doesn't know that hasn't read Julia Cameron, it's just when as soon as you wake up in the morning, you sit and you write down three pages of whatever comes to your mind. And if nothing comes to your mind, you can just say, there is not a thing in here this morning. I have nothing to say. And you can write that over and over again. It doesn't matter. But anyway, I think it'll be a fun winter journey. So anyone that wants to join me, y'all let me know. Super cool. Might be me. Might be me. (laughs) Um, So that puts us at our 10 books, which means any of you that have questions can pop off and they can be relative to the books. They could be relative to the podcast. They could be relative to whatever you want and or if not, that's groovy too. Mm-hmm. But it's your ch- it's your chance to shine. Miss oh, Sharon. Am I good? You're, You're good. good. Okay. Number one, of course you can team teach with me. I would like nothing better. <laughs> I have done some reading on Nidra Yoga, but I didn't get a good grasp of it. So nothing would suit me more than to actually see you put it into practice. So you just tell me when and we'll do it. (laughs) Okay. Number two, I want all those books. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) They all look great. They sound great. I I have crystals and maybe like other people, I don't really know what to do with them. Um, I think that the book on listening is an excellent, excellent book. I was at a gathering the other night and the speaker said he carried a tongue depressor with him. He pulled it out and what what was on it was, tell me more. So that fits right in with what I was hearing the other night about mm-hmm. talking with people and not judging, just mm-hmm. hearing. Mm-hmm. It, it may be right for them, wrong for you, but just hear, Yeah, just listen. So you got, gals have done a great job with these books. I don't know what to do about it. Can I borrow some? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Thank you for doing this, gals. We appreciate it. Thank you. I think Carissa has her hand up too. Uh, let's see. Where is Carissa? There she is. Estanit. All right. Can you hear me okay? We can yes. hear you. All right. So I kind of forgot my question, but um, <laughs> so one, the the last book, what was that called? The Power of Listening? Um, the, li- the Listening Path. Yeah, the, the Listening li- Path. Uh-huh. Okay. So I have one, a comment, and then two, a question. Okay. So just in regards to that is the, the thought that came to mind. I was listening to a, another podcast about how to tell stories. Mm-hmm. and how to really engage an audience because what it is is you don't want to necessarily just tell the plot line of like, oh, I went to the coffee shop, I ordered, you know, I sat down. It's really like engaging the senses and creating like something that somebody can feel, you know, within that, like you're like promoting an emotion. So I wanted because this is all kind of related to um, yoga and teaching and kind of like the path behind it, is that there's a book called Storyworthy by Matthew Dix and um, kind of explaining how to do that. And I think that that would be one to kind of add to the list. 
It might not be yoga related, but when it comes to teaching and being able to connect with students um, or even like coworkers or anyone else, I think that, you know, having that mindset is helpful. Um, I was wanted to ask if you two had honorable mentions or runner up books that um, maybe have become favorites or like weren't necessarily like the main topic that you guys had. But um, ones that maybe you always come back to. You you mean part you two mention. part two of this podcast? Because <laughs> trust me, we, we both had so many books, and we're like, oh yeah. okay, and like even just yesterday or the day before, I changed mine again. So yeah, trust us, we have limitless recommendations. But for well, now, those are the ones that we chose. But yeah. Well, we- and one of the books I- that I do always come back to on, and, and I've mentioned it a million times on a different podcast is Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. I just think that's such a powerful book. Um, so that is one that I do always come back to. I didn't review it this time because I blather on and on and on about it on, <laughs> on all the other podcasts. Yeah, it's about it's Elizabeth Gilbert that wrote Eat, Pray, Love. And it's really about living a creative life. Um, and of course, she's a writer, but it's really not about it's really about diving into your creative self. And that might be you as a yoga treat teacher. It may be you as a cook. I love cooking. It might be you as a painter or any creative endeavor. You may be creative at reading books. I mean, you may it's it's really about living your best life and not setting around and watching life happen around you. It's a very powerful book and it talks a lot about living with fear. And we all are afraid of something and we all try to shove fear down. So anyway, but yes, I could do a whole hour just blabbing about that book. And Tanya's going, yes, you could. (laughs) Yeah, we have several. Anyone else have any questions? I got a logistical question. Do are you Will there be any place where these books and authors are listed so that we can pursue some of them? Will you be putting that into any kind of form Uh, or whatever? uh, There will be. In fact, I just made a note to have Tanya take a picture of the books she reviewed, and I'll take a picture of the ones that I reviewed, and I'll put them in a graphic. Um, So we'll definitely do that, and then we'll put them in the notes of the section of the podcast. Also, Tanya is amazing at putting all that stuff in there together. Wonderful. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, um, I think if nobody else has any questions that Kat and I will do our send off and we appreciate you guys for joining us. Yeah, thank and you guys. we'll let you know when it will be posted and aired so that you can give a listen to yourself. But yeah, um, I appreciate all of you for joining us. Kat, thanks for sharing your wisdom and always a pleasure. Yep. Thank you guys. And I can't wait to come see you guys in Minnesota sometime. I might bring a crew up there with me too. We'll all come in the snow. (laughs) Lovely. Well, thank you, everybody.